The Discussing Network presents Discussing Comics. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to welcome back Clarence Brown. Clarence, my friend, how are you? I'm doing well, man. As always, glad to be on with you talking about comics, talking about Shang-Chi this time. But yeah, man, I am uh, doing well and glad again, glad to be on with you. How are you doing, dude? You know what? I can't complain. I went to the movie theaters for the second time this year. Both times have been to a Marvel movie. The last one, of course, Black Widow. This one, of course, is Shang-Chi, which we will get into. Shang-Chi. I think I said it wrong. I need to get my pronunciation correct. (laughs) I have to. You know what? So did I, because that movie... And, and then real quick, by the end of this, we need to come up, come back because I want to know which one was your favorite out of the two, Shang-Chi or uh, Black Widow. So we need to come back to that at the end of this discussion. Mm, interesting. I can actually answer this question for you if you would like. Yeah, I don't want to get into the details. We'll wait to the end and we'll okay. circle back. All right. But... <laughs> All right. So, so I'm, I'm putting a note right now, right here, circle back. All right. So, for anyone listening, if you have not seen the 25th movie from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is known as Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, put us on pause, go out, watch the movie, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? Well, spoilers. And I killed Sparky, too. (laughs) The spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This movie came out this weekend as of this recording, and I know I went to see it this morning. Clarence, I think you saw it maybe yesterday? Yeah, I saw it last night. So, some review. What did you think of this movie? It's weird because we're back at this origin story thing, which is funny. We've had two Marvel movies and both of them have been origin stories basically this year. Definitely a different type of Marvel movie. Uh, Definitely different. uh, Introducing us to a different world that we haven't really seen before. And it's bringing more of the mystical element more into uh, the MCU which I guess you could say we have some of the mystical with Doctor Strange so far, but it's definitely leaning on that mystical a bit more. Or is it mystical as we get into <laughs> some of the, some of the um, the end of of the movie? But but yeah, I I very much thought it was a different type of Marvel movie. We'll get into it, but some of the visuals I loved, and some of them felt not so great. And I think part of that could just be that it's so different, and we'll get into that. But overall, I think I liked it. I'm reticent to say I loved it. I didn't get bored. That's a good thing. I will go on record and say that I am typically not usually into the martial arts movies. I don't usually, I'm not inclined to those movies. I know you guys, uh, I've heard the discussing Trek team talk time and time again to Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai. And I was not a Karate Kid fan back in the day. Didn't have a problem with the movies. Just wasn't a fan. (laughs) You know, that just wasn't my niche. That said, I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed it. I agree. It was an origin story. 
And did it get a little slow at times? Maybe. But you're introducing a character we've never seen before. So I think maybe it might have been needed. Maybe. maybe. so. Can, can we get into one aspect I want to cover off the top? Which Go for I'm it. Not, I'm, not, I'm not sure that it sits well with me. But it seems like especially from Black Widow to this movie, they're definitely playing it up. Whereas in other movies, it felt more in the background. But the comedy aspect, I guess you could say Ant-Man, it was played up a lot more. But it seems like especially with Black Widow and now with Shang-Chi, the comedy is almost almost too much up front and in your face, in my opinion. So what did, what did you think of the comedy in Aquafina? Mm, cool name, because I so, so keep thinking about, isn't that the name of a certain type of water that you can drink? So cool name, <laughs> but beyond, so, so that right there is kind of funny within itself, no offense to her name, but I kind of got annoyed by her at the beginning of the movie. She grew on me toward the end of the movie, but at the beginning, I was like, you're just the epitome of the cocky <laughs> best friend and you just happen to be female, but you're the character that's the cocky best friend that gets your main character in trouble. You're fitting that role. That's what she came across as. And she did get on my nerves at the beginning. To me, she's like a worse version of um, Peter Parker's Ned. <laughs> yes. I I don't know. She's cool. I mean, I really don't have no problem with her. Her voice is very distinctive and it's kind of scratchy. I don't know. It's something about her voice because I've seen her in something else before. Actually, I saw her in uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Actually, I think both of these actors and well, I know Michelle Yeoh and uh, Aquafina is in it. Yeah, I've seen her in that. So I guess she might be a comedian in real life. I don't know. I should know this. But she kind of got on my nerves in this movie. But by the end, it, it got better as we went on because the Mandarin started getting on my nerves and she was good. So, so again, going to the comedy in this movie, we had the actor who played the Mandarin in the Iron Man movies make a return. So so thoughts on the Iron Man Mandarin coming back? Love uh, it. Oh, I so loved oh, it. That, I thought that was, you know, I would, and I knew you would hate that. Oh, he just got on my nerves. And then we had the whole, the, the mystical animal that he was talking to the whole time. I'm like, Jesus, really? Is this <laughs> what we're doing? Is this what we're doing? And I loved it. I so loved that. <sighs> I, and I knew you were, I knew both aspects you would dislike. But I loved both of them. I loved the little creature that had no face that led him there. Never heard of it before, but I just thought that that was a cool way of tying in without actually showing Iron Man or, or doing something like that. You tied it in to the greater Marvel story very easily. I just thought that that was a nod to having this Mandarin who wasn't the Mandarin even so much that the real Mandarin says, I'm not an orange. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like they doubled down on, because uh, I remember people getting really upset on Iron Man 3 when it was revealed that he was just an actor, <laughs> you know, just a fake Mandarin. I remember people like really up in arms about that. And it's like in this movie, they doubled down on that fact. And largely, I think, made it work. 
Uh, just some of the comedy felt off to me, but but yeah, I I, I thought the tie-in was good. Maybe some of the execution didn't didn't sit well with me. Now we know that the men taking Tony Stark hostage way back in Iron Man were actually working for this man that is Shang-Chi's father. You know that that we we're just going to refer to him for intents and purposes as the Mandarin. Yeah, he they were working for him. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that was a nice tie-in to Iron Man, the original. So yeah, that was pretty cool. And then like seeing, having some of the scenes. It seems like I remember them showing some of the scenes from that first Iron Man, maybe, or maybe they just talked about it. But but yeah, having that tie-in was was really really cool. So what did you think of this presentation? of these rings, these five rings on either arm that give the wearer these abilities. Thought. I think the rings were amazing. I think the the way they showed the use of the powers of how it can do everything from uh, being a projectile to being a means of travel to uh, being a means of, of roping something and bringing it back to the Mandarin. I thought all of the way it was displayed in, in the movie was pretty, pretty cool. It wasn't too extreme, but it was a pretty, pretty powerful and interesting way to show him using, using these rings. Now, um, what we didn't get in this movie, we didn't get where the rings actually came from. They just kind of say he found them or acquired them. It seems like they're leaving that mystery into another movie, uh, sometime, <laughs> Or maybe even a greater thing within the MCU. So what, what what did you think about the rings and how they were displayed in the movie? I, I find them interesting. I understand that the rings themselves as they were would have been too powerful. And I'll get into that in just a minute to present as they were. I agree with you on what you said. We didn't in the movie find out where they came from. We sort of kind of know in the comics well, for the most part, where they came from. I liked the way they were presented because I think if you would have presented them as they truly are, they would have been way too powerful for someone to defeat that has no powers. So would you like me to tell you what the rings do in the comic? You read my mind, sir. So for starters, they're not bracelets or whatever you want to call them, armbands on their arm. They are literally rings on your fingers uh, in the in the comic. That said, on the left hand, one finger does an ice blast. Another finger does a mento intensifier. The other one is electric blast. Another is a flame blast. The thumb does a white light. So this, let's go to the right hand. The pinky does the black light another one does the disintegration beam there's a vortex beam an impact beam and something called a matter rearranger way too much to have done in my opinion in a movie yeah good lord yeah that that would have been a lot (laughs) not only could you not keep up with it as a viewer it i think would have made him way too powerful for a person, for all intents and purposes, who had no powers to fight. Yeah, he, he needs to be fighting Thanos with that type of power. Exactly. <laughs> he can take out the Avengers very easily with those type of powers. So, yeah, I am glad they dumbed it down a little bit. 
it made it easier to follow. It made more sense that he could have all this power, but still kind of be hidden. Because if, if they had been any more powerful than what they were, it would have been almost impossible for him to stay off the radar. Indeed. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. We get to meet his sister. And when we see her as an adult, we see that she is basically the ringmaster. She's the Vince McMahon of a superhuman wrestling ring for all intents and purposes. What did you think of that specifically the character that we see fighting in the ring. Any thoughts? Okay. Do you want to talk about her or the, the first match that happened? Both. <laughs> Both. As far as her, I like her motivation. I like her motivation. She was expecting uh, Sean or Shane to, to come back and be there for her because, you know, after their mother died, they, the only thing they really had were each other because their father was turned back into the tyrant of old. And the only thing they really had was, was each other and the fact that he left her and never came back. It definitely gave her motivation. Now, I do think this story was too close to what we got from Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I, I feel like that story was almost the exact same thing. And that for that reason, I didn't like it. Or maybe I like this one more and it made me hate the Sharon Carter version even more. <laughs> You know, I can see her actually having the ability and the drive to actually have her underground, you know, crime or cage fighting ring or whatever, you know, whereas in Sharon Carter's instance, that's Sharon Carter. I mean, it's just American girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just no, seems yeah, very uh, unbelievable yeah, for her to be doing it. Yeah, but, but you know, spoilers for. Um, oh, sorry. Sorry. You know, no, 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 no. I was saying spoilers for what I think which is, I still hold true, if you haven't seen Falcon and Winter Soldier, go back and watch it, but I still hold true to my belief that that is not Sharon Carter. But yeah, I, th I thought her character was cool. I loved her motivation. I loved her having this underground syndicate because I think that's what she would do from who her father was and being abandoned by her brother. So that was very in character for her. I think the actor did, did an excellent job too. Now, as far as his fighting ring to see Abomination and um, wow, I forget his name. What's Wong. his name? Wong. Uh, I thought that was really cool to see. It definitely left more to be desired on why was he sl fighting slash training abomination? I almost wonder, does it tie into General Ross somehow? I'm not sure where I'm going with that, but it just seems weird that he would be training abomination like you did better like you'll do better next time is what he told him i think whooped his tail but see i saw it more so as so see I, I i interpreted it totally different from that i saw it more so as and let's go back to my wwe reference you see this great match and you see this person get carried off on the stretcher and then backstage you know they get up off the stretcher because it's all fake and blah 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 for the oh. most part I saw it more so as you had him fighting him and he's being carried out by, you know, seven or eight people because he's so huge. But then you get back backstage and they're just joking about and actually leave together. I saw it more so as that all, that whole thing that they were watching was fake and just kind of a commentary on wrestling than some training exercise. That that kind of makes sense, but it, it begged the question, why? 
why would Wong be with a known criminal slash baddie abomination in this friendly? I mean, I think it just left more questions than answers. You know, it made me want to know about what they're going off and doing. You know, it just left more questions than answers. I I thought it was cool. You were definitely right on the parallels to wrestling. But in my opinion, I was like, why are they buddy, buddy, kind of not really and and what's the need to put on the the show? I mean, they're mm. shouldn't be doing it for money. Wong doesn't need money. I, I mean, I just don't get it. I'm on, uh, I want to know more. Okay, well, maybe this. There was a time during the '80s when the Thing left the Fantastic Four, specifically during the time when the She-Hulk had replaced him, and when the when Thing finally came back to um, Earth during the time in the comics when She-Hulk was there. He didn't immediately rejoin the team. He did join some kind of wrestling thing that was for superhumans. And the whole premise of it was it was superhumans wrestling each other, but it was also a way for them, A, to make money, and B, to fight somebody that they can fight but not worry about having to hurt. And some of the people that they were fighting were quote-unquote criminals. Some of them were good. So maybe this was a nod to that. Okay, that, that, that makes some sense. Digging into just the fighting a little bit more, I want to say that I, I thought all the choreography in this uh, movie was really well done for the most part. I mean, I think once we get to the, the CG part near the end, it gets kind of swirly. But all of the choreography in the beginning parts of this movie, the 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 fight on the bus was freaking phenomenal, epic. The choreography there with Timu Lu, I think I'm saying his name right. Uh, I, I think that was just amazing, and that continues on throughout the movie when we're on the scaffolding outside of the building. Uh, just as good and amazing. Very a, a lot of hits to. Some of the moves uh, uh, Jackie Chan would do back in the day. Mm-hmm. I thought were, were uh, some of those moves were on point with what we see from a Jackie Chan. And overall, I just I just thought the choreography up until the very end was 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 really great. Yep, I agree. And I loved the nod to the sister looking to be evil because I thought she was working for the father at first. And I was thinking, eh. <laughs> such you know don't go that route and then they didn't and yeah i loved the fact you know the fact that they didn't and you know it wasn't what was expected i did like to some degree the father having this disillusionment thinking that he's hearing his wife talk to him i did yes. kind of like that I, I don't know it some of it just felt a little bit too convenient and here was my least liked moment of the movie is when toward the end and we saw how hard it was for them to get to this mystical place but then you see six or eight of these jeep tank jeeps i'll call them just come out of the woods like you know nothing's wrong and here's how is that possible oh, how they, did they, all they six they explained it. They explained it. The Mandarin, he, he had the map. He had the map, of course. With the whole water scene, it showed the map. Uh, so okay. Shang-Chi and his group did. They took a shortcut. So that's how they were able to get there three days three days uh, early. Because okay, they okay. took a shortcut that was much harder. Uh, <laughs> they barely made it. 
But they went. Uh, the rest of the group went the long way around, so they gotcha. got just got there early. Okay, all right. So, so I take that back. Uh, <laughs> good point, though. Good point. I mean, I I could definitely see. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Go right. ahead. <laughs> all right, let me ask you this: Did you expect? Because I will go ahead and answer my own question and say yes, I did. Did you expect Michelle Yeoh's character to be their mother? Yes, I absolutely thought she was going to be the mother. In the movie, they made it look like when he met the woman at the gate, they have just this beautiful fight, which they kind of mirrored at the end, the fight between uh, Shang-Chi and the, and the, and the, uh, and the Mandarin. They kind of mirrored parts of that fight. When they initially showed her, I'm like, wait, are they de-aging Michelle Yeoh? I'm like, no, that doesn't look like a de-aged Michelle, Michelle Yeoh. It looks like somebody totally different. So, yeah, I, I totally expected to be the mother... To, to, to be Michelle Yeoh, and that threw me for a huge loop. Uh, any little part of Michelle Yeoh that we can get was fantastic, and she was great in this movie. But <laughs> what, are you, what are your thoughts on the, the, the switcheroo there? Yeah, I so thought, that, and here's here's how I had it mapped in, out into my head, and I still wish this is the route they would have gone. I wish that what would have happened was the mother went back for whatever reason and he kept the children or they were all going back and he decided to start using the rings and the place was locked off and he tells the children that the mother is dead, that the mother is really alive. And I had in my head that the moment that that Shang-Chi would actually come into his own would be, there would be this fight scene between Michelle Yeoh and the Mandarin, and he kills the mother at this point. I thought that would be the big climax, and then the son would come back and defeat him. That's what I thought would happen. I still wish that would have happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad they didn't bring the mother back, because if you bring her back, it kind of negates all of this hardship that has has happened because of her death. It kind of negates her death in a way. I mean... Her being in Wen Wu's slash Mandarin's life is part of what made him want to give give up the rings and become a normal human. He says, I want to grow old and die with you. I finally found a reason over all these years of 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 tyranny and conquering different uh, groups of people. I've come to this point with you because how strong love is and who you are Um uh, it, it gets me to a point where I want to give all that up and just grow old with you and have kids and be a totally different person for the first 13 years of Sean's life, you know? And I believe her death was so instrumental in the, the flip there. I think to bring her back would have negated all of that. Mm, um, I give and, you that. I give and you even, that. And even to the point to where he's, 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 he's kind of upset with, with uh, Sean T for, not even trying to defend his mother in that moment where she dies. So it's just so much heartbreak that's hinged on the moment of her death. And even you mentioned it before, but the whole thought of her, of him hearing the voices that's drawing him closer to this mystical location, it kind of redeems him in a way too, but even though he's a very bad person, but he thinks he's, I mean, you shouldn't kill a whole bunch of people just to save your, your, you know, your dead wife. But he kind of thinks he's going after his dead wife. You know, it kind of gives him a 
not great reason, but a good reason to to do what he does in the film as well, especially after we, after we know the heartbreak and the change that he made to be with her, you know. True. True. And and you have to also remember that he's seeing this from the perspective they have her captive behind this wall. Now, does it make any sense? No, but that's what his mind believes is not only do they have her, they have her held captive so that she can't come back to me. Yep, yep, 100%, man, 100%. So what do you think about this finding the dragon and releasing this creature whatever you want to call this creature <laughs> what did beast. you think of that the 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 the, the, the roe beast yeah well this this is part of the movie that started to lose me a bit i mean of course we have the showdown between uh shang chi and the mandarin when we uh we had that showdown so showdown there which was epic but to me, this is the part of the movie where it starts to get a little swirly in the CG. We go from mostly a normal, practical, special effects movie into, I think, the moment Shang-Chi gets knocked into the water. That's the moment where it flipped to me like, oh, this starts to look a little bit fake, <laughs> you know, you know. And I think we've come so accustomed to seeing spaceships in space for the last however many years in the MCU that that by now that just looks normal to us and we don't even question it but to have these mystical beasts flying around battling each other and our human counterparts you know riding on top of them <laughs> you know to me it it kind of lost me I think if I watch it again, it, it'll it'll feel a little bit better to me. But it's just something so vastly different from what we've seen in the MCU so far, you know, um, that it just felt different. It, just, it really just felt different. I mean, we can buy vision flying around, but this dragon, it just took a lot to, for me, a lot of uh, suspension of belief to be like, okay, I still thought it was cool. But, you know, yeah, just seeing I- some, some of it on screen just like was a little dis. It had a bit of a disconnect for me, if that makes any sense. No, no, I can see that because, you know, let's say if you saw this creature that you were referring to earlier on a alien planet, you would know it's an alien, not a mystical creature. Yeah. Likewise, when you saw Doctor Strange, and remember the last movie, and to echo your point, the last movie that was really mystical-based was Dr. Strange, and I believe that was 2017. So yeah. quite a bit of few, you know, five years removed now. You know, totally there with you. I don't say that it it took me out of the movie. I did, you know, like what we were seeing, but I agree that it did get a little hard to keep up with some of the action, even seeing it on big screen because there was so much action going on at one time. Yes, yes. And that, that could be part of it. It was so much going on. So this, this I don't know what the name of the beast was, but, excuse me, I don't know what the name of the beast was, but it did have its minions coming out and sucking souls. And when when it finally got out of its prison, it tried to suck our dragons, or the good dragons, uh, soul from him. That might have been enough to see that, but amongst all of this, we have our heroes riding these beasts as well. 
so it, it, it gave me echoes of da- da- Daenerys Targaryen riding. Um, I forgot yes. the name of her yes. dragon. Uh, which, uh, Dakaris. Which also looked weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and in this one, they weren't, she wasn't, uh, they weren't only riding it, but they were like running up and down it. And yeah, it was a lot. I got to see it again. I, I, I didn't think it was horrible, but it was just, it was just something so different from the space kind of different planet kind of fare that we've been getting in the MCU so far. You know, I do like, I will say this, I do like how they being Marvel Cinematic Universe, they took two characters who, for the most part, other than the fact that they are both from the same ethnic background, literally, in my understanding, had nothing to do with each other and connect them and kind of piece them together. Because in the comics, they're not father and son. You know, they're not related. They did a good crafting of putting these two characters, in my opinion, there's probably going to be Marvel purists that are not going to like that. I didn't mind it. It it worked for me. And I think the best way that it worked for me is it made me more interested to find out about two characters that traditionally I've never been invested in to learn enough about. And I did go back and try to learn more about. So I think that in itself should be a compliment. Yeah. Can I, can I tell you what one of my most hated parts of the movie was? Sure. Go for it. Maybe more with two. So the part, well, we, let me level set. So we know Aquafina, she has no fighting skills, but she goes to this village and she learns the mystic arts of the arrow or whatever. And she becomes decently decent at arrows, after uh, shooting arrows, bowing arrows after a while. And so her mentor was always like, no, you can't go. No. He finally, finally lets her come and he gets his soul sucked, man. It, that hurt. That hurt my heart. I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, they were mystical part, errors, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that, that hurt my heart, man. I'm like, that dude was cool, man. You had to kill him. No, Jeez. I agree. I agree. I think, though, I think what they were trying to show because I really liked the statement that the older lady said to her, which was, if you aim at nothing, you will never yes. hit anything or something to that effect. You know, um, I, and I think that was showing this character's growth that she could be so much more than the obnoxious best friend. You, yeah, you know well, what I'm saying? Yeah, and we definitely get hints in the beginning of the movie that uh, her and Sean at that point were just pretty much just uh, <laughs> uh, underachievers. They were good with, I mean, if you're a valet and you love it, hey, good, more power to you. Nothing wrong with that at all, seriously. But they were just loving their life of being not really expiring to do more. They were just good with who they, who they were. And um, not to say that's bad, but we have this older woman, like you said, in the village was saying, hey, don't. Don't don't uh, underestimate yourself. You could be so much greater. And I equate her accuracy, Aquafina's accuracy in the arrow shot to be because she was in a mystic village. I get, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of equate that together. But but yeah, it, I, I, it, it hit with me better than I initially thought it was would to see her actually make that shot to keep the dragon soul from being sucked away. So my most disliked out of the movie was just after 
they meet the sister and they're on the skyscraper or the scaffolding or whatever and she's on this pole and she's about to fall <laughs> i'm like normal human being would have had a heart attack by this time <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah a normal human being right. would be screaming bloody murder thinking oh my god i'm gonna die i'm gonna die yeah you're right. You're not wrong, sir. You're not wrong. You or, are not wrong. Or I will say a Kyle human being would be screaming bloody murder. <laughs> um, but but I had fun. Yeah. And and if I would have mentioned my favorite parts of the movie, anything with Michelle Yeoh in it. We need more Michelle Yeoh in the MCU. That's all I'm going to say. We do. <laughs> and we need Michelle Yeoh in more Star Trek. That's all I'm saying, oh. too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, I got a question for you, and sort of the end game of the film. So, uh, Wong makes the statement that both Sean or Shang Chi and Aquafina were going to be were going to be important to the next part, or their lives are going to change. I think is his exact words. Right. Why would Aquafina be in that? I um. have no idea. <laughs> But I guess, you know, you could say the same thing to Doctor. He is to Doctor Strange as she is to Shang-Chi, maybe. Mm, yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I get what you're saying and I agree with it because it didn't quite make sense to me. But here's what my brain is telling me. We're back to stage four. Yes, this is Marvel phase four, but... We're back to stage one in some aspects, in my opinion, because we are building the next Avengers, the new Avengers. That's what mm. I think. And no Iron Man, possibly no Spider-Man, possibly maybe <laughs> going forward. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. You know, and whether that be Shang-Chi, whether that be, you know, I know I still say we're going to have the young Avengers at some point. Uh, speaking of... The after credit scene. Can I make a joke? Uh, go for it, sir. So, you know where Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, was headed, right? Oh, God. Why, why you want to be mean to hell of? We, we got to go straight to the Brie Larson hate. I mean, <laughs> just, just curious. Do you know where she was headed? I didn't really give any clue, but go ahead. I mean, I so, know you got some so, piffy joke here. Thank you. So she is getting out of Dodge because she knows the real Captain Marvel is on her way. Oh, God. Come on, man. There's nothing wrong with Captain Marvel. I know, because she <laughs> she will be in the Marvels, formerly known as Captain Marvel 2. She will be in the Marvels and hopefully will kick Carol Danvers's bleep. So. Hey, I'm I'm a big Tiana Parrish fan, so hey, um, uh, more power to her because I love that that actor. But hey, we'll, we'll we'll see, we'll see. I mean, I am I will be on the front row to watch that matchup. I will be. <laughs> cool, cool. So on a scale of one to five rings, not ten, one to five rings, what would you give this movie? Um, let me just say real quick before I give my rating that I think. And I don't know all of the interworkings of the behind the scenes, but I think this this movie was largely written and uh, helmed by a group of Asian creators. I think. Where did I hear that? Did I read that somewhere? Possibly. And I think you're right now that you said it. Well, it's good. I mean, we we can't we can't uh, look over the fact of what what this movie is doing for the 
Asian cult, Asian culture in the MCU or just in general, not just in MCU, but just in movies as a whole to have uh, this type of cast and this type of big budget Marvel cinematic experience. Uh, you can equate it a bit to what they did with Black Panther. I'm not going to say the the experiment word like <laughs> the experiment word like some people have been saying, which has gotten a lot of ire from some of the actors. Yeah, you can equate it sort of to like how, how the risk they took on Black Panther. And this is just proven to just be a smash hit. I think by this thing is going to be one of the biggest Labor Day openings ever, I think. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just tremendous. And I want to watch this many more times because I really liked it the first time. But I think after a couple more viewings, uh, I'm going to be able to sit back and enjoy it a, a, a little bit more. With that said, I'll give it about a four point three i think you got to look at it from the origin story standpoint is an origin story movie and when i look at it look at it versus what i saw with black widow i have to say i did like this one a lot better than black widow and i think the story made a lot more sense and it was a big spectacle spectacle you would expect for a blockbuster from marvel yeah i'm I'm here for it I, i really enjoyed it and can't wait to watch again and can't right. wait to see where this character goes in the future because it's nowhere for up but up for this character, honestly. To circle back, but before I circle back, I want to ask about one character or the actor who portrayed him really quick. The character who who played the guy with the razor arm, isn't he from The Expanse? Mm, I don't think so oh. who, who do you think he's from what's character no uh, no oh. that's that, that, i think i know who you're thinking he no he maybe i don't know i don't remember seeing him before from expanse but anyway back <laughs> to your original question did i like this or black widow better honestly i like this better i had more fun with this movie black widow felt to me like a movie out of its time because it felt like it needed to be somewhere else in the Marvel timeline, because it was somewhere else in the Marvel timeline. But I had more fun with this, and I think I'm going to go so far as to give this a 4.4. I thought going into it that I would have a problem with the changing of the rings. Watching the movie, I enjoyed it, and I even loved the changing of the color of the rings. I enjoyed everything. Let me even make it a 4.5 because it gave me an opportunity to make a Carol Danvers joke. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask you as well. Like, doesn't this hidden, hidden village mystically that has a gate that opens once a year, doesn't that remind you of something else in the Marvel universe? Oh, yeah. I was expecting <laughs> to wonder, were we going to see Daredevil? <laughs> Or not Daredevil, uh, Iron Fist, uh, Iron Fist or, yeah. or Daredevil too, but possibly. But the other thing that I noticed, and this is like stretching it so far out into left field that it is past the field, beyond the gates, and somewhere off in the pasture, which is whenever I saw a flaming bird, I was thinking, oh, cool, now a phoenix is real in the MCU. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. You're fr- oh, see, see, that's where I thought the CG was real good when we first get to the mystical land and then with the trees moving and the birds and animals. Those all looked really good. But it's just when they started, the dragon started flying around. I just started to not believe it as much, you know. And plus, there's this movie called there's a Disney movie called Raya and the Last Dragon. 
that this kind of reminds me of a little bit. Just some of the dragon movement kind of reminded me of that. So uh, take that for what it's worth. And my last thing before I ask you our final question is, you know, I think they had to keep him with the rings or having access to the rings and make this adjustment because it's easy to say in the comics that he is an ultimately trained fighter. And I know they get away with that with Hawkeye to some degree. But if you think about it, there is no way that Hawkeye should be parallel to working with the likes of the Hulk and Thor and et cetera. That Mm -hmm. said, you know, you had to give him some level of power if you're going to make him, at least in the cinematic and at least in my opinion, having him as a member of the next team of Avengers. Oh, yeah, he's he's full-fledged superhero. I mean, with those rings, he's he's a super being, basically, (laughs) for all intents and purposes. Bingo, bingo. So my final question, my friend, to you is, what are you reading, watching, or where else might you be found on the Internet? Uh, Since this is comics, what I've been watching is uh, Titans on HBO Max. Really kind of up and down with that one really enjoyed the the episode that featured i forgot the name i think it's called lazarus the lazarus episode uh featuring red hood um i I really enjoyed that one but i've been kind of up and down on the series i really am not really loving the stuff they're doing with starfire and blackfire it's really just kind of falling flat with me and this new superboy i kind of just don't like at all so i'm sticking with it just because i've watched two seasons and we haven't even seen what's the um, Raven is not even in the season so far. So what the heck is going on, man? I don't, I don't I've know. only gotten 10 seconds of Donna Troy. Yeah. Oh, I want her to come back so bad. I love her. I love, 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 love her. And then Gar three seasons. in, You can't do more than just do the freaking uh, uh, tiger. Come yeah. on, man. So, so let me say this. Everything you just said, reverse what you just said. And those are my initial thoughts. That said, I agree with you about Gar. If somebody is going, no spoilers here, but if I were to speculate that you needed to put a character in an air vent, I would have Gar as a rat or as a bug or as a something, not have a full-size human, if they went down that road. Just saying. Wait, so you say you're you're liking the Blackfire, Starfire stuff? Actually, I am. Oh, man, that's just so bad. Boring in your words. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so was uh, the whole thing of the Red Hoods was boring. Yeah, to me. Well, it was but, boring until they got to the end of it. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I give you yeah. that. I I do not like, and 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 we'll get into it because I do want to do a review of that. I don't like Barbara Gordon in this one. I'm cool with her. I just don't like the Superman character. He like sucks. He's that's a sucky Superman. Come on. Superboy, excuse me. Well, oh, all I can say is if you like this conversation and where we're going, check out one of our future episodes of discussing comics where you will hear us get into detail of why I like him and why Clarence does not. But if you've made it this far, Thank you for your time. You did not have to be here. You are appreciating every moment you spend with us. And as always, we will be back next time. I got a bet on my two halves. I'm half Clark Kent and half Lake Luthor. What I'm going to do? I hate that. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. 
find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. 